0: we Marbles. Oh, we in the marbles. In the marbles. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 74 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda, you can find me on X and Instagram at Soda underscore Hunter. And I am Ethan,
1: you can find me on social media at Viva La Ethan. 74,
0: you got, you got a driver for number 74. I do, yeah. Who is it? Kyle Weatherman would not have picked him. Yeah, not a millionaire.
1: <laughs> he drove that black and blue uh, back. The blue back. Oh yeah, okay. That whole thing is. And I was actually a correction officer when that diecast came out, and I bought it. And I actually ended up giving it to the sheriff here okay. in my hometown, and he still proudly displays it in his office to
0: this cool day. Cool deal. Cool deal. Uh, I also went Xfinity or well, Bush series, yeah. Um, I went uh Randy LaJoy. Oh, okay. The old, yeah. uh, I was the is it Fina? Is that the sponsor of it? I don't know if that's the sponsor of it or not, but it's like this bluish purplish looking number 74 in the late 90s that uh he, he won a pretty good bit of races in it, so that's who I went with. Didn't really do much in cup, but. Yeah, you know, he was very, very good in uh in the Bush series back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. So, off the top of the show, before we get into any NASCAR stuff, I kind of want to talk about all the different fantasy football stuff we had going on this weekend. All right. Because, you know, it is opening weekend for NFL, uh, second weekend in college, but nobody does any fantasy for college. It's just too big. It's like 130-something teams or something like that. There's... No way you can do a like a normal fantasy football for college, you know, it's just way too involved. So, me and you are in two different NFL fantasy football leagues through different podcasts. One's the uh, the paid FanDuel Three Brews Fantasy Football, and then there's the free um, Stolen Gimmicks Fantasy Football, where we actually like. Had to have a season long team that we drafted. We had a draft night for it and everything. Yeah, man, I kicked butt. Yeah, I I whooped everybody's tail and all this stuff. <laughs> um, well, I actually won the three Bruce fan fan duel, and it was a little bit of a it was a last minute decision I had to drop. I forgot who I had, but I was watching the pregame show, and they had mentioned Ridley. And I was like, okay, well, I need to move some things around. I'm going to get a different defense and clear up a little bit of money, and I'm going to jump up and get uh, Ridley. And I had Tua and Tyreek Hill, so that was an excellent combo because they just tore it up. And Ridley put it over the edge. He put it over the top, and I wound up winning by like 20-something points. Oh, wow. So it was excellent. I had a I had a blast. I'm sure you know a lot of other people didn't, but man, uh, I won a few of them with doing the favor last year, and uh, pick it right, pick up right where it left off. I can't wait for the rest of it. I hope I have just as good a year. <laughs> you finished somewhere uh, mid pack, I think. I, I know you you said you weren't quite paying attention to it as as much as you would like the cup thing we had going on. Yeah, but you finished about mid pack, which I mean. Like, Jordan finished at last in the FanDuel thing. I oh, mean, it's wow. incredible how you never know, you know? You can pick the people you know for a fact are going to do good, and then somebody gets hurt or somebody just has a crap game. Maybe they play for the Giants. I don't know, you know, because <laughs> I can so. tell you don't know. You don't care. <laughs> no, I, so... <laughs>
1: i don't know i don't know anything about fantasy football i don't know nothing about football it's really hard for me to be like yeah
0: yeah you can't you know and a whole lot you can uh jump in and contribute i understand yeah i I i will tell you um this weekend
1: in particular it was not gonna happen there was no way i was keeping up to date with all the fantasy football stuff not on sunday um obviously, but, uh, no, I, I don't know, man, I'm going to have to, I think I don't have anything going on this Sunday. Uh, the cup race is on Saturday night, Mm -hmm. so my Sunday is free. So I'm really excited to kind of sit down and try to understand. And, you know, I guess the big question is like, I drafted all these different people from all these different teams, but they don't play at the same time. No. They so don't. I'm like and, I don't I don't I guess I don't understand how you accumulate points
0: if your half your people are not Well, the game goes from Thursday to Monday night. Huh? That's just straight up it. It's it's th- Thursday starts the week of NFL and Monday night ends it. So, oh, okay. Yeah, like my game in particular during the uh, stolen gimmicks fantasy, it was not over with until Monday night, even though all of my players were done playing Sunday. I didn't have anybody for the Cowboys or the Giants. But my opponent had two people, two very, very big people, like big point skitters, quarterback and running back for the Giants. So like when I was done Sunday night, it gave me like a 3% chance of winning because I was only up by like 15, 20 points or something like that. And he still had, Easily, probably forty-five, maybe even fifty points on the boards from those two people, and just so you know, so happened that the Cowboys laid it on the Giants some awful, and the Giants had like the worst game in the history of NFL just about, Mm -hmm. and I wound up winning it anyway. So it's funny how you get like a three percent chance of winning end up to winning the whole thing. It's just it looks just like a same thing as like if you watch college football or something. You'll see, like, with a minute and a half left, this team's got a 99% chance of winning, and all of a sudden they end up winning the game. The other team does. Yeah. That kind of stuff happens so much. I, I don't know where they get their metrics from, but it's like, there ain't no way I watched this one game out of 100 that this team actually pulled it off. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it. They get You get points for your players. Just It goes from Thursday to Monday. Like, uh, set your lineups before Thursday night if you have anybody playing Thursday night. You know, so you can get your, um, get your team ready and, you know, our FanDuel thing only plays Sunday afternoon the 12 and three o'clock games. That's the only time the FanDuel thing goes. It doesn't go for Thursday night. It doesn't go for Monday night. It doesn't go for Sunday night either. It just plays the 12 and three o'clock games. So that, that makes that a little easier. That's a one time afternoon thing. And you can actually play individual game things on there, but that's not what we're set up to do in the league. So, 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 so let me, okay. So every okay. team in the NFL
1: plays between Thursday and sun, uh, Monday. Yeah. Unless they have a lot, an off week that week. Gotcha.
0: It okay. usually starts around like game seven, somewhere in there. You'll have random off weeks between teams. See, that makes um, way
1: more sense. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the majority of them play Sunday 12 and uh, 3.30, our time, 12 and 3.30. Huh, okay. Usually, that's that's the majority of them. You usually get one Thursday night game, sometimes two, one Sunday night game, and one or two Monday night games. That's usually how it goes. But the majority of the games are played at 12 o'clock and 3.30, our local times. Um. So we had the FanDuel thing. I lucked out, won that. We had the uh, Stolen Gimmicks Fantasy thing. I lucked out and won. I really lucked out and won that because I was going to lose that. And we had the Fantasy Cup. And I'll be danged if I didn't end up winning that when Denny Hamlin had it. Yeah. He had that race. And it was a late race restart. Uh, My wife actually picked Denny Hamlin. I was like, okay, that's cool. We're going to finish one too. But well, we still finished one, too. Just not the way that she thought it was going to happen. You not know, the fair. way I thought it was
1: going to happen, <laughs> either.
0: <laughs> At all. Oh, you got, it, as a last right, an end of the race, an end-of-the-race restart, I understand, but you got to give it to Tyler Reddick. He made the move. He just, he straight-up made the move to do that. You know, I mean, Hamlin couldn't get back in time. Reddick, well, Hamlin screwed up. Hamlin screwed up the, the restart. Like, yeah. bad. <laughs> I don't... know. He said he was looking in the uh, rearview mirror at Kyle Larson laying back, and then he blames NASCAR for not enforcing, you know, <laughs> people not laying back when he was the one that's... If he was if just worried about the people in front of him, he'd been fine. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, you know, I was wondering
1: what happened. I, I thought maybe he might have spun his tires or something, but no, I when i was doing the the drawing for the winner of the kansas prize i was actually re-watching the kansas race just to see because you know when you're live there in person you don't have the tv commentary uh you don't i mean all you have to go by is either social media that you can barely get on because of the wi-fi and it's not anything about kansas Speedway. it's just a lot of people are on you know, the Wi-Fi. So mm-hmm. uh, it's a little bit slow, but, man, I, I, there was a lot of questions. I had no idea what was going on. So uh, re-watched the Kansas race when I came home on uh, Monday morning and, yeah, saw a lot of things that I, I can't wait to dive into.
0: Um, <clears throat> Before we go, talking about the actual NASCAR race itself, which, uh, by the way, I won the prize as well. I just, yeah. I had a heck of a weekend, but you know what? I, I might trade it all if Alabama could have won that game Saturday. I'm being dead honest. I probably would trade all of it if Alabama would just been able to pull off the, the win against Texas. But um, uh, I know some people are probably curious to know what I think about that game because I'm admittedly and openly like a diehard Alabama fan, not a fake Alabama fan. Like I heard someone on the three Brews podcast say Alabama fans are fake fans. Ooh. Um, bullcrap. Give it to uh, them. <clears throat> Some of us have lived through the era before Saban, and that's why we're really upset when we lose because we don't want to go back to that era because that era sucked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> we sucked are you in the world. What are you, I, you don't. I, you don't get the chime in here. <laughs> stop, no, stop it. <laughs> I'm just really
1: excited to like. I want Soda to like show its teeth. You know, like.
0: Nah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I, this is what I say about how that Alabama game went. We're very, very fortunate that we actually had the league on in the fourth quarter. I don't, I don't understand through everything I heard preseason is that this offensive line is one of the best offensive lines that Saban's had. It is going to be smash mouth football. We don't have a superstar quarterback. And I knew that I've, I was, Ever since that quarterback was was in contention to be the starter, and the more and more I heard that he was going to be the starter, I was like, man, I just – I don't like it. I didn't like anything he did when he came in to relieve Bryce Young last year. I don't – I didn't like any of it. I don't like that style of quarterback. The the run-first quarterback like he is, I, do, I don't like it. And I knew he wasn't accurate. But the problem is it seems like he's the – Best option right now to not make really stupid mistakes, but he still makes stupid mistakes like Alabama never needed a superstar quarterback to win a championship or to go undefeated. We had Greg McElroy and we went undefeated. We had A.J. McCarron. We won two back to back championships, almost got a third back to back to back like that. Um, Oh, Coker, I think is his name. Yeah. In 2015. Nobody even. Remembers that dude. He never went to the NFL, but he took us to the championship. Blake Sims took us to the playoffs. This is before all the superstar NFL starters came along. You know, then you had Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa and Bryce Young, Greg, uh, uh, Mac Jones. You had all these guys that are now NFL starters. One of them made the Super Bowl. One of them lit up the whole world. You know, this past weekend with Tua and people forget that Alabama does not need those guys to win championships. You mean they won four before those guys even got there. So it it isn't – the quarterback can be manageable. The the in, insufficient, uh, insufficient quarterback can be manageable as long as this defense holds, which it did good for three quarters, but then the fourth quarter, they just fell apart, and the offensive line – Let's the running backs eat and pass protects. They didn't do that. And there's potential there for them to do that. They're really, really big up front. And I don't know what, maybe this is the wake up call they needed. Everything is still in front of them. This was not an SEC game. They can still manage to run the table and win the SEC championship and make the playoffs still. They can still do this. So hopefully they do, but, yeah, that's that's. I know some people are wondering my thoughts on it. I obviously I'm upset about it. The fact that Alabama lost in the way they did at home. I mean, it was it wasn't a massive loss. I think it was ten points, but it's double digits at home, and Alabama doesn't do that. And everybody's like, "Oh, the dynasty's over. The dynasty's finally over." It's like, well, no, because Texas still acted like that was the biggest win in their history of the program. And until teams stop acting like. Their biggest win in the history of the program was when they beat Alabama. The dynasty's not over. Straight up, that's all I gotta say about it. So you want to talk about Kansas? Yeah, football. Who? <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> Man, that was exhilarating. Loved that. <laughs> you so zoned out.
1: I did. <laughs> I definitely did. I well, there's a I few don't...
0: people out there probably
1: didn't, so it's all right. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm watching, um, you know, I I don't know. I know it gets so weird to say this, like people think like things, but do you guys have an ant problem?
0: (laughs) Not in the house. We have a few outside that I can't seem to get rid of. Man, I've lived in this house for two years
1: and a majority of that up until this winter was by myself. And I have never once ever had an ant problem and then now we do all of a sudden and it's it seems like it's only in one specific specific
0: wait what's that word you said it oh i did yeah not the first time but you you got you got there (laughs) uh we have it in this
1: one general area of the house and like it is absolutely driving me insane because like if you know me i am extremely ocd So, like, everything has to, like, my house needs to be clean, you know, not even a speck of dirt on the ground type of thing and, like, dishes. Like, if I cook, I normally do the dishes as I'm going. So, then all I have is, like, the plates and the silverware left. Like, I don't know. I'm very, like, hard to live with and Jessica's not that way. So, it's very, like, you brought ants, you (laughs) know? So oh i don't know um i just happened to like when you were doing that uh talk about football and stuff i looked over and i saw them and i'm like oh man oh i hate it anyways
0: (laughs) so kansas you went to it right i did yes so tell a little bit about your experience there live at kansas motor speedway
1: it was um and I'm being completely biased. Uh, it was fantastic, as always. I loved it because with the I don't know, like starting about Friday, Jessica told me like, "Oh, Martin Trucks Jr. is going to win this race, and it's going to be awesome because I'm going to be there for it and all this stuff." So she got started getting kind of amped up a little bit. Saturday, Friday, Saturday, I had to work, and it was really weird coming home and turning on the TV and watching the truck race at Xfinity because this is the first year since 2001 or sorry 2021 that for any nascar sanctioned race at kansas speedway i've watched it at home but i mean financially like it just didn't make sense um so i was like i'll just not plus ppto and pto and stuff at work and stuff it just didn't work out sundays and mondays are my days off so it just worked out that way so it was really hard for me to watch the truck race and xfinity on the tv knowing that they were just simply two hours away and i wasn't there it was so weird to me um it wasn't a good feeling either you know of course the the truck race had that unbelievable three wide finish at the right after start finish line that i could have been at but i wasn't so cool and then xfinity had a pretty decent race from what it looked like so i was really hyped up really excited sunday morning um waiting for that f- dreaded phone call from her from her job saying oh so and so called in you have to you can't go just like what happened last time or back in may but it didn't happen so we got on the highway and everything was good we jammed out to some jonas brothers on the way up there um, the whole way up there she's like martin chris jr martin chris jr all this stuff So I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. So we get to the the racetrack and it was kind of funny. I know somebody did not have a good time. Uh you know, just one person didn't have a good time because we were walking up to the to the racetrack. And if you've never been to Kansas Speedway, um the parking lot is it's one, maybe two main um aisle, not aisles, but main paved roads you know, to to that will take you straight to the racetrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have to park in the grass area, which if you've never been to Kansas, everything is grass here. So the parking lot is nothing but grass. Um, and so <laughs> we got there a little bit late. Um, not late, like, you know, later than what I wanted to, but we were still like two hours early before the pre-race even started. So we were walking and it seemed like we were, Oh my gosh, like 15 miles away. I'm not even exaggerating. Like it was, it felt like it was a long, a very long walk. And on our way <laughs> to uh, the racetrack, we walked across this thing. It was, I don't know what it was, Soda. Um, If you can read between the lines, it was, it was like, it looked like broccoli, but it was all like in this little baggie. <laughs> And it was just laying on the side of the road, one of the main roads we were walking down. And <laughs> someone's gonna be up, unhappy. It. <laughs> Someone, someone's gonna be really, really, really uh, upset <laughs> when they know, realize that their broccoli is missing. Um, but we walked up on it, and I looked down. And I said, "Is that?" And she looked down. and She's like, "Yeah, it sure is." And it wasn't. It was a lot of broccoli for a little bag so uh someone's gonna be really really upset but uh so we get to the uh racetrack and you know we were able to kind of scooch a little money so she can get a t-shirt i can get a hat stuff like that um it was i don't know man it was a little bit different i mean it was like packed packed full of people like i think someone said like forty thousand people mm like i mean it was a ton of people and it's it felt like that i I mean they could have probably said sixty thousand, i would have believed it um so we get in there walk all the way normally i'm setting we're setting like turn almost to turn one but this time we got all the way to turn one and realized that our seats are coming out of turn four (laughs) so we had to walk all the way over there
0: Um, another half mile yes (laughs)
1: so uh even farther from our from where we parked at in the parking lot so we were literally all the way across you know uh but i don't know man it was so hot and it wasn't bad it wasn't a bad experience i think one takeaway for jessica was that she was like man the seating here is really really like really well done um like you don't feel like you're on top of one another and stuff Mm -hmm. so Um, you know, Kansas BYU is just fantastic. Everybody should go to it. Uh, but the racing itself, (laughs) finally, (laughs) it seemed like pre-race took 14 years just because of how hot it was. And (sighs) I don't know, it wasn't, there's really not much to, to do or to look at. And I was so excited the night before Saturday night that I forgot to charge my phone uh the day you know sunday night or monday uh saturday night so i was trying to charge my phone she did the same thing so we were both trying to charge our phones using the same outlet on a two-hour drive so my phone was at like 50 percent. so i was trying to stay off it you know just so i can record the celebration and you know the start of the race and whatever else it was and she was trying to do the same thing so we kind of just sat there and we just kind of like baked in the sun for you know two and a half hours and stuff so but as soon as the race started man it was it was heaven on earth just like it always is but uh i will say kyle bush got a lot of cheers yeah and he's uh, turned the corner very much so but i will tell you the biggest boo i heard during driver's intro was definitely denny hamlet 100% 100% Denny Hamlin uh, throughout the race. I think it was, I mean, I think everybody thought Hamlin was going to win from what, like 40, 45 laps to go all the way to like seven.
0: Yeah, I think it was five. I think it was yeah. five to go when that caution came out.
1: It looked like Hamlin had it all sealed <laughs> up and I was pretty excited about that because he had a pretty cool paint scheme. So I knew whoever, even though I didn't pick that, you know, probably pick the winner because my pick sucked. Um, I knew I was going to buy that die cast and put it in my collection. And I was going to have two 11s back to back, but, uh, I liked the Yahoo paint scheme. So I was kind of low key kind of cheering for Hamlin. And then when the late race caution came out, everybody erupted in cheers because they just did not want to see did Hamlin win. Um, so yeah, it was Chris Buescher was everyone's hero at that point.
0: A lot of playoff drivers had issues. Seems to be the norm at Kansas, from what I understand. A lot of, I mean, yeah, Bubba Wallace had issues. Chris Buescher did. Martin Truex. Um, Now, who else? Who else off the top of your head? Was there anybody else? Um, Let's see. Oh, gosh. Did McDowell have any issues? Because he's 40 points out. Oh, my God. (laughs) <laughs> I've seen this
1: race twice.
0: Uh, I saw bits and pieces of it because I had a lot I was trying to keep up with on Sunday here at home with Red Zone Channel and you know the different Alabama quarterbacks all over the TV. I was trying to keep up with what they were doing. So yeah, I had a lot going on with during that race. I was I was finally able to watch the end of it once everything settled down. So that's what I saw. I saw like the last 25 laps or so for the most part. Yeah, so
1: I I think Larson struggled there late race for some reason. Byron sucked. Um, Blaney sucked. Kyle did really, really well. I think that was one big takeaway from Jessica seeing in person how good he is (laughs) racing through the field like that. Chris Buescher obviously blew that tire. Um, Christopher Bell had a really what I thought was going to be a race winning qualifying run. Uh just kind of sunk after he got into dirty air uh joey logano had a mediocre day he was up there uh right at that last restart uh kevin harvick was too martin Truex jr obviously had a horrendous day uh bubba wallace had a horrendous day ricky stanhouse just sucked i think he had an issue i don't know i don't remember the 34 having
0: Major issue. It's, it's, it's just forty points out. He's in a position now where he has to win, or right? I mean, there's no other way he's getting in. Period. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a good track for him. He's good on road courses. It's a roval, but the last two tracks were actually pretty decent for him too. So, I think he's done personally. But yeah, we're ac- yeah, we're going to Bristol though. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know why I I got roval in mind because of the announcement today. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. So Bristol. Yeah, he's (laughs) done.
1: So really fast, before we go any further, let's give an update to the playoff standings after Kansas. Obviously, Kyle Larson, uh, as we talked about last week, Kyle Larson got that win at Darlington. He is automatically through no matter what happened at Kansas, no matter what happens at Bristol. Tyler Reddick got the win at Kansas, so now he's automatically in uh, no matter what happens at Bristol. So Denny Hamlin is third. Byron is fourth. Kozlowski is fifth. Ryan Blaney is sixth. Somehow Kyle Busch is seventh (laughs) Somehow Uh, Rosh Stane is eighth. Chris Buescher is uh, ninth. Christopher Bell is 10th. Joey Logano is 11th. Kevin Harvick has somehow is now the bubble driver. He is 12th. Martin Truex Jr. Is now seven behind the championship favorite for a lot of people, including myself.
0: Well, yeah, the regular season champion.
1: Oh well, yeah, yeah. Regular season champion is seven points under the cutoff. So he desperately needs something to happen. Uh well, not so much. I mean, seven points is it's manageable seven
0: positions, though. Yeah, I mean that's massive. It it is when, when the guy in front of you is Kevin Harvick at Bristol. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if Kevin Harvick runs seventh and nothing else changes, I mean that's just too bad. Yeah, you don't think Kevin Harvick can run seventh? Yes, he can run seven. You know, run tricks and do whatever he wants to. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. So Truex, uh, set in
1: 13th, seven points behind. Uh Bubba Wallace is 14th, 19 points behind. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is 15th, 22 points behind. And as we said earlier, Michael McDowell is 16th, 40 points behind. So there's literally no mathematical way. Michael McDowell.
0: Uh,
1: I mean, Stenhouse, I don't see it happening no. either. Even Bubble, I think the
0: last three are win. They're, they're must win. They they have to be. Yeah, absolute must. Unless win. Harvick screws up, Rex right at the beginning of the race and finishes last. Um, the bottom three are must wins, and the last place car is a definite must win. Yes, this period. So, yep. Um. Do you want to go over the fantasy cup stuff before we take a break? Yeah, we absolutely can.
1: Um, so nothing changed between the first two because they picked the same person, didn't they?
0: I do not know. Oh, that's a good question. One. I just but I know third place changed. Third place changed big time. Yeah, huh? Because somebody he... had a really good day.
1: <laughs> Justin picked chase elliott and matt i'm just doing this right on the fly let me see matt also picked chase elliott okay so yeah so uh justin obviously does not increase the lead by any means but it's still 66 points ahead of my uh mike mike where's mike at uh matt matt is second Obviously, 66 points back. Nicole has jumped all the way to third place. My goodness, <laughs> I if you would have said that, I don't know, like 10 weeks ago, yeah, I'd say, I'd about like, 10 weeks ago, yeah, like okay, yeah, sure, yeah, okay, she'll be third, okay, oh my gosh, she has turned it up. Uh, so Nicole is third, Drew is back to fourth, Jessica is solid in the top five, uh, Rock. He had a really fantastic day as well, finishing second. He is up to sixth. RJ is up to seventh. I am down to eighth. Soda, you are right behind me in ninth. Josh is in the top 10. Yeah, Josh. uh, He was, Josh actually made history. Uh, He is the first ever Fantasy Cup driver to, okay, let me see if I can word this correctly, if that everybody can understand. His pick to win the race won the race while he was live there watching in person
0: okay
1: yeah yeah he, so, he was
0: he was live to witness his pick win
1: yes so uh josh is that's pretty historic uh shout out to josh also for finding me the the alsco kyle bush authentics and the hauler uh that was pretty awesome of him uh john has slipped to 11th tim is up to 12th billy is 13th Caitlin still holding it down at 14th. (laughs) (laughs) Joe is 15th. Jody, the Canadian, is 16th, and Ryan, who Ryan, I don't know if this is his first ever NASCAR race ever, but Ryan, who is 17th in points, will be going to the
0: Bristol Night Race this Saturday. It's a it's a bucket list race for me. I've never been, but that's a long trip up there for me. So yeah, it
1: is. obviously i say it all the time bristol night race 2017 was my first ever cup race i ever went to kyle bush won that race by sweeping the weekend for the second time it it's dude i i don't know he asked me a couple months ago a couple weeks ago he was like man what's it like i'm like dude i can't even explain it to you like there's no way oh my god yes so wear earplugs oh i I, (laughs) that was miserable so i was living in new york when I went to the Bristol night race in 2017 and I worked at a call center boy <laughs> for about two weeks after the race at Bristol. I mean, I was at work and I had my, my fingers shoved in my ears. What, what was that? <laughs> How can I help you about your direct TV? Um, no dude, I, I, I mean, it was my first ever cup race. So I was like, oh, it's not that bad. Like, I'm used to dirt racing and stuff. I'll, you know, all these pansies having their earplugs in. No, no. Take your
0: Well, see, like, if you go to Daytona or Talladega, it isn't that bad. You need your earplugs at Talladega 188 times. At at speed. That's the, just like for, like, three or four seconds. And that's all you need the earplugs for. And then... You know, you go to a track that's smaller where they're constantly around and around and around, always around you. And on top of that, you make it a bowl of nothing but concrete and steel. And the sound just reverberates like insane. Yeah, that that is, I think, probably the loudest track because you, you like see pit reporters in the infield. They can't even hear themselves talk. Yeah, because it's just the sound is just there's no way to describe it the cars are loud as, as it is, but especially these cars, when they don't run the mufflers, um, do you put them in that bowl? I can't imagine. I've never been there in person. I've never seen it in person. Um, but I can imagine because I, I, I hear them going by at Talladega for like five seconds, but that's it, you know, and then you get a break for like another minute or 50 seconds or so, you know, so it's a lot different what, what you know you had going on at bristol
1: (laughs) yeah i mean even kansas i wear my earplugs like i mean but then then again like i have a lot of problems with my body so like my hearing it's i'm trying to savor every every bit i have with uh my before i get hearing loss or something uh but yeah man it's it's absolutely incredible Ryan, I believe his girlfriend Hannah's going as well. Um, y'all are gonna have a freaking blast. It's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy for him. Like I said, that's a bucket list thing that I've always wanted to do. Um, well, that's about it for the fantasy cup. It, yeah. well, you, you drew for the prizes, that video's up. Yeah. On uh was well, the prize. It's an autographed Noah Gregson car. Uh that's Video is actually up on our uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook page, the Fantasy Cup Facebook page, and something told me after the weekend I had, something told me it's like I, I, I bet I'm winning this car. <laughs> I don't know yeah. what is happening this one particular weekend, but like I won thirty something dollars in FanDuel because that one lineup won another contest that I was like I I got a free voucher for.
1: Oh, nice.
0: So all together, I won like 30 something dollars, which means I don't have to, if I don't do anything, I don't have to spend no more money for the rest of the year on that FanDuel thing because it's only a $2 game. And on top of that, I use most of that lineup. It's a little different on DraftKings, but I use most of that lineup for a, a free uh, play on DraftKings. And I won money there too. So i won my NASCAR money that I, that I usually do on DraftKings because I do NASCAR on DraftKings. I just like the way it sets up better than FanDuel. So something told me, I was like, I bet he's drawing my name. The only three of them in there, 33% chance. I bet he's drawing my name and I'll be dying. Yeah.
1: Just- I, I, you know, with that, especially when, like, if I'm doing the giveaway and Jessica's in it or you're in it, I try really, really hard to make it as transparent mm-hmm. as, physically possible so there's no questions like oh yeah okay so to send him a text message saying oh i really want that car you know none of that has happened ever once so and but like none of the participants are even questioning it you know everyone's been cool or whatever so uh but i just know that (laughs) i try really really hard to like make it as transparent as physically possible even by cutting you know i'll write the people's names and like cut it up with scissors and i try to make the piece the papers the same length you know like rj if i just put an r and a j and then let's say like um like justin or jessica or you know whatever like (laughs) i try to make the paper you know where i fold it up the same size so there's no like you know, I just try to be transparent with it.
0: I wish there was a way you could, I mean, I don't know how there might be a way I don't know. I may have to go to another program. I wish there was a way that you could actually record that video and the names not be backwards. I know. Cause I noticed that the first time I did it. I mean, you can read it. It's just, you know, it's mirrored, but yeah, I just, I wish there's probably a way somewhere to do that. Uh, but I don't know it just off the Facebook app on my phone. You know, because that's what I used. I just recorded right there. But um, I think we're going to take a break for a minute and we'll come back. We'll probably talk a little bit about Noah correction, speaking of. Um, but first, uh, I want to talk about SkinnyMixes.com. I want you guys to go to SkinnyMixes.com. Check it out. They have so much stuff there. It's all like sugar-free, keto style. Uh, some of it's keto style. that has like the MCT oils and things like that. Uh, versions of coffee syrups and... Flavorings for your water and uh, also mixes for your alcoholic beverages. Uh, It's what me and my wife use every day. Every day. There's no exaggeration. We have maybe six, seven, eight flavors that we go back and forth between every single day for our coffees. And I use it regularly whenever I happen to make a margarita or something. I just, we use it all the time. It's helped us out with our keto journey. We've lost a lot of weight. And we've been able to have really good flavored coffees and drinks and stuff like that. Still be able to enjoy things like that, you know, with skinnymixes.com. Now, check them out. You're going to find something you like. Use code MARBLES at checkout and get 10% off your first order at skinnymixes.com. The following announcement has been paid for by the Pulling Up a Chair podcast.
1: Tim here, host of the Pulling Up a Chair with a Chair Shop podcast. If you're a fan of wrestling figures and the artists
0: that take them to the next level then i've got a favorite ask of you. come check out my podcast pulling up a chair each episode i sit down and talk to
1: figure customizers figure photographers set builders figure collectors podcasters and even pro wrestlers just search out pulling up a chair with a chair shot wherever you get your podcasts and i hope you'll join me next time right here I'm pulling up a chair.
0: Hey, we're live, pal. And we'd love for you to come check out our podcast, Tales from the Estate. Each week, we talk about our top five favorite somethings. My beautiful wife, Caitlin, likes to share all sorts of random facts. Yeah. Did you know that cows have accents? We did now. But we also review all sorts of snacks and other great things. And so if you love everything random, I think you'd enjoy Tales from the Estate. So come check us out. Yeah. Okay, Uh thanks. Bye. Hi, I'm AJ. I'm Tyler. And I'm Ryan. And we're Three Brews Podcast. We're a show where us three brothers sit down to talk about booze and everything else. Check out our website, threebrewpodcast.com, and follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcast. All right, so speaking of Noah Gregson, I think we have some news to get into yes. today, don't we? What's uh what's what what, what do you have on the lineup? Right, let's start off with the Noah Gregson thing.
1: Yeah, so according to NASCAR, right before we started recording, uh, Noah Gregson has been reinstated by NASCAR and is eligible to return to
0: all NASCAR activities. See, this is why I thought about it yesterday, because I had mentioned on the video in the comments, I was like, yeah, hopefully we'll just start recording tonight. And I was thinking, well, Tuesdays are a really good day to record. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because a lot of stuff happens in NASCAR on Tuesdays. So, and sure enough, we had at least we had two stories that were pretty major that dropped today. And one of them is a the Noah Gregson thing. So I guess he's he's clear to return. Uh he doesn't have nowhere to go, but he's clear to return whenever he wants to. Do
1: you see um Noah Gregson in a cup series car
0: next season? No. I don't. Honestly, I don't. Um I first off, I think that he's let me put it this way. Carson hosevar has two starts. Right. Um he has well, I, maybe maybe the stats a little skewed. Maybe I'm thinking of in the forty two car. Because oh, doesn't he have yeah. two starts yeah. in the forty two car? Yes, and then one in the, 77. Yeah, in the seventy the, sorry, oh, the the seven. Yeah, and the seven, Yeah. The seven he actually crashed out because of a uh, brakes brake failure. Yes. But Two in the 42 car. and two starts, he's tied the amount of top 20s that no Grayson had in that car all year long.
1: Oh, man.
0: (laughs) And Eric Jones was up there in the top 10 for the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, and Eric Jones finished
0: (laughs) uh, third. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I don't... It's beginning to look like the the equipment has gotten better. Like, they've kind of got their ducks in a row a little bit over there to where they're kind of they're creeping up a little bit. They're not, you know, embarrassing themselves so much right now. Uh, it wasn't that long ago they were, but they're really not embarrassing themselves that much right now, especially when they have a driver like Josevar in there that has very minimal experience in these cars, even in cars in general, because he's a truck driver, you know? So, you know, uh, I don't think Grayson's coming to cup anytime soon.
1: You know where Um, I see him next season hmm, Where the eight and Xfinity because it's Bass Pro Shops. I mean, he has a great relationship with them. That's his old team too, isn't
0: it? The nine. Yeah. He has a great relationship.
1: Yep. With Dale jr. And even Dale jr. Said, you know, that he hopes that Noah doesn't leave NASCAR permanently, uh, just kind of takes his medicine and, you know, learns from it. Uh, So I think Dale jr. Has a kind of a, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if, he went back to Xfinity and to the eight car, not, you know, he drove the nine car, but the same team,
0: same sponsor.
1: Mm -hmm. I I don't know. That just seems kind of like a perfect fit.
0: Either that, or it's going to be a really, really down the line team and cup. Like it's going to be, it's going to be one of these that, you know, are never going to have a shot to win. Yeah. But which, I mean, really, I, I wouldn't have thought that the 42 really had a shot to win either. But then the forty three just about, you know, just about did. So, He'll be the racing. last two races, you know, he was <laughs> he was I, doing really really good the last two times. So,
1: I feel like if Noah gets an opportunity in the in the Cup Series, it's going to be in the fifty car for money <laughs> money the the money team or something.
0: That ugly ugly car, yeah, Golly. every new weather. every single car I've seen in that uh, with the fifty has been but ugly.
1: Yeah, everything.
0: Big enough you see Chase Elliott's paint
1: job? You know Chase Elliott is not someone I want to talk about right now cuz I'm pretty I have you know that was another thing I was going to bring up with the the Kansas talk is w- the contact between him and Kyle Larson coming off pit road. Um so I actually if you don't mind, you know, just jumping in, yes, I did see his paint scheme for this weekend uh, at Bristol. I not once again just not a fan of it. It's ugly. It is, it is very
0: ugly. They really they call it going gold it's all black. Like, <laughs> yeah. It has gold numbers and gold, like pinstriping. That's not going gold. Like make the car gold. You cowards, you know, <laughs> it. you know, it makes
1: the paint scheme makes as much sense as chase Elliott's post race interviews. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Um, uh, I was really where
1: going with that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't know. What is, what's your take on the contact between Kyle Larson and, and Chase Elliott coming uh, out?
0: Two entitled drivers uh, in a cat fight. Okay. Pretty much it. Yeah. So like. Two two entitled drivers that feel like the whole field need to move out of the way for them. And they had contact on pit road. I mean, am I wrong? No,
1: you're yeah. not wrong at all. I hmm. just, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm kind of getting a little tired of Chase Elliott. I'm tired of uh, this, like you said, entitlement. Mm-hmm. Kyle Larson too. Like, I'm yeah. just kind of tired of it.
0: Oh, and I'm not even going to mention, uh, Ryan Blaney as well from this week. I mean, yeah. it's like, from what I understand, a lot of people uh, perceive Ryan Blaney as a real whiner as well. Um, I haven't paid attention to it that close, so I can't say one way or another if he's like just a big whiner as also like, like Larson and Elliot usually are out there on the track. But he had a moment where he was also mad at, uh, he called out Chastain spotter again. When uh, Ryan finished, I think fifth in the stage and Chastain finished fourth, he was mad at Chastain's spotter, saying, "What an idiot! Go up there and ask him what he's doing." The one car would go faster if he quit looking out the the, the back window and just focus on what's in front of him. Well, Yikes. it's you're coming to the end of a stage, yeah, and you're both in a championship. Why why do people feel like this one car has to move out of your way? I don't get it. You know, and then I I hate and also hate the fact that Chastain has lost his aggression. Yeah, I hate that because that's one one of the reasons why I like them so much, because he didn't care. He had that intimidator style to him. He didn't care. He I can't call him that now. You know, I mean, Larson. Gets loose in the corner on a restart towards the end of this race. And. Chastain, uh, instead of just keeping his foot in it and running the dude out of the way, he backs off and he drops back into like 27th. We did that. that, that ain't Chastain. I don't know what got in his head that he needs to race that way, but he does not need to race that way. Not to me. Anyway, I, I don't like the new Chastain and I don't like the fact that everybody feels like Chastain has to move out of their way. That is, so many people out there so in, they they are so entitled. I'll say it again, they're entitled. They feel like they're entitled to everything, and in reality, it's so fragile. Just have a bad year or two, you know, you're gonna lose your ride. Right? You know? I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm don't just.
1: Know. I'm just getting kind of fed up with Chase Elliott. Like, I don't know why, but every time he does like a post race interview. I don't know. He just, he makes me want to like, he makes me think that when he washes his hands, he only washes seven out of the 10 fingers.
0: Oh, you, you know what I mean? Like that? You know what
1: I mean? though. Like, it's just like, he does it. It's not like he's just not all the way coherent. <laughs> he's kind of like me on this podcast, you know? I don't know i don't know i just i'm getting kind of tired of chase elliott i'm getting tired of ryan blaney i'm getting tired of bubba wallace's boohoo me stories i'm tired of did i say denny hamlin you haven't yet oh well here we go denny hamlin i'm tired of i'm tired of just oh i don't know there's so many egos that maybe it's just you know i've been i, I live nascar like i breathe nascar i eat and sleep nascar you know it's just like maybe it's like my living with my siblings i've just had a little bit too much of you and i just need to turn things off for a little bit i don't know but
0: ugh. well you got eight more races yeah. and then you got a break yeah but i don't and want the can, break. <laughs> well but now then you can like digest what happened all year long get that want to see it all again. Like all these drivers get that really you know big want to see them in Daytona and stuff. And then you can start it all over again. <laughs> yeah, that is true. You know what? I do want to see again
1: though. Hmm. Chase Briscoe, man, he had the fastest pit stop in NASCAR history this weekend at Kansas. I was there for it. I saw it. I witnessed it with my four eyes, 8.45 seconds
0: um I'm, I'm still trying to get over the the segue hold on oh the <laughs> what you just did wait what did i do was it good <laughs> no <laughs>
1: what happened what did i say
0: that you know who i do want to see again chase briscoe on pit road i'm like oh my god where's it going <laughs> oh yeah i'm sorry it it caught me off guard. I'm sorry. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> let me try again. So one thing that I do want to see
0: <laughs> no, again, I mean, You
1: said it right. It was just oh, yeah, okay.
0: it was the words. It wasn't how you said it. It was Yeah, words listen. Themselves.
1: <laughs> being a dyslexic man, sometimes your words just don't make sense.
0: Here we are. No, yeah. it's just what, what I'm laughing at is the actual segue itself. Like the you know what Trying to get from one topic to the other by connecting <laughs> the, the, what we were saying together, oh, just yeah. oh man, it it was so forced. It was awesome. Yeah, we were. I was reaching.
1: <laughs> I was like, okay, how do I get this train back on its the tracks? Oh, speaking of, um, we were driving to Kansas Speedway. And there's a, a train that derailed like, like an hour up the road, and it was a mess. And I just, Mm. I don't know. I just thought about that. So,
0: um, yeah. At least it wasn't the Intimidator Monte Carlo upside down.
1: No, it was not. Thank you, (laughs) Travis Fowler. Um, (laughs) No, it was not. But what can you do in your life in 8.45 seconds?
0: No comment. Nothing. I can't do, well. No comment. Okay. Yeah, you're right. No comment.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to. Keep my composure. That was super funny. Um, I can't tie my shoes in eight seconds. Can't do that. I can't. I can turn on a light switch in eight seconds. But you know what I mean? Like, just I You've
0: don't. You've never under- been to a rodeo.
1: <laughs> I. You know what? There's one in our town like every Friday.
0: Really? Uh, and I've never been there. We we have them seasonally. That's about it. We don't we don't have them weekly here yeah but you do live in the midwest so
1: yeah i live right there smack dab kansas baby uh rodeo i don't know uh yeah so in four (laughs) in 8.45 seconds they were able to change four tires jack the car up twice put two cans of fuel in all in four seconds
0: only four lugs though i mean come on
1: yeah that's true but i mean still my god
0: So Rusty Rusty Wallace's team back in the day when everybody else was doing 17 second pit stops when they did it. And they were doing 17, 18 second pit stops. And Rusty Wallace's team back in 93 went 15.6. And that was the fastest in history at that point. Yeah. But that was the old way. You know, yeah, eight seconds. you're, You're starting to get into Formula One territory there when they jack up the whole car at once and have somebody on each tire at the same time. Yeah. And pretty much all you wait on is the fuel. But I think they have like a pressurized pump that actually pushes the fuel in faster because there's is connected over the wall and NASCAR, they have the gravity fed cans and they have to use two of them, you know, so a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it is amazing. They can actually get that done in eight seconds now.
1: Yeah. I don't even know how to change a tire. You never I know how to a change tire it. before. No, I I know how to change a, a race car tire, like a dirt dirt car tire, but it's, like it's a, I,
0: pretty much the same principle.
1: Okay, so let me <laughs> let me rephrase this. I've never had to, for one. I actually blew a tire a couple of years ago, but um, I don't have the tools.
0: I have blown so many tires. Yeah, <laughs> I mean mostly on the racetrack but a few of them off too. Uh in fact I had a flat last Thursday. Oh really? Yeah, I luckily like nowadays you know have you have these cars that tell you your tires going flat, and you can get live pressure readings as it's going flat, yeah. and your panic sets in. It's like, okay, it's twenty five pounds. Now it's twenty three pounds. Now it's twenty one. Okay, where's the tire place? We're looking on my map. It was like, I might be rimming this all the way to the tire place here. I might be bending this up. You know, bending my metal up here, uh-huh. and literally there was one right right across the street from where I was at that exact moment when it was down to like 15 pounds. So Ooh. I happen to be you know lucky enough to jump in there and got a patch for it because it was right on the tread, but that happened last Thursday and I understand what I just said a little bit ago and I'm going to just pretend like I didn't say that, but, um, oh, no. yeah, if you didn't catch it, that's cool. I'm
1: not, you have to listen, listen back. Yeah. yeah,
0: You have to go back and listen. Somebody oh, I think it. I
1: did. I think I caught it. Yeah. But,
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> so many blown tires on the racetrack. You have no idea. I mean, right front after right front, just constantly. Yeah. And scare you to death. Cause it always happens in the middle of the corner. Yeah. But anyway, don't mean to make that about me. You, uh, you blew a tire. When was the last time you blew a tire?
1: Uh, I was, well, it's, uh, I let's, I will say that I was, I was in a hurry to get to wichita from the town that i live in um no need for a backstory for that but uh yeah so it was like 11 o'clock at night i just got out out of work uh when i was working at the rubber company that i was telling talking to you about a couple months ago uh actually on the show and i don't you know some friends some one of my friends needed my help at that time. So I got from my town, which is which is was about two. It's about two hours. And uh, I got there in an hour and 15 minutes. Hmm. And, and I was right. I was like four blocks from his house and I blew a tire. So yeah,
0: that's, you that's, remember the first <laughs> time you ever blew a tire. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I was 16. Oh, yeah. And I had one. Uh, it didn't, I guess it didn't blow, but it just kind of tore apart. Right by a, uh, I want to say I was at by a country club. In, uh where I live, like maybe like just five miles out of town. So I had to pull into that parking lot there. But I remember that, that as the first time I'd ever experienced that. It was a, uh, it was a left front blew while i was driving and you know you get the whole steering wheel shaking out of your hand and stuff like that and you try to wrestle the car off the road and stuff especially when you're 16 you're not very experienced at it but um yeah but plenty more on the racetrack i probably blew about seven or eight total yeah something like that i guess that happens when you race so but let's keep on with the news we're uh starting to get into that hour-long territory here yeah
1: uh, I mean, the only uh, other thing I have is caution breaks We're coming back at the Roval.
0: Yeah, the stage cautions. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Apparently, people complained enough about the races being boring or something on road courses without My the stage goodness. cautions. I, uh, I didn't feel that way. I mean... No, well, first off, like we always say, not every race is going to be the most exciting race you've ever seen in your life. That's every, like, I'm sure Cowboy fans loved that game Sunday night, or Monday night, I'm sorry, but that's about the only people that loved it. It was boring. I mean, 40 to nothing. Giants couldn't do anything. I mean, they're lucky they got a first down once in a while. So, I know Giants fans hated it, and I just I was watching it just like I was more laughing at what it was doing to the fantasy, uh, the, the stolen gimmicks fantasy deal uh, with <laughs> Jordan. Jordan had that defense and he was going against you. <laughs> and it, the points just kept going up and up and up. I was like, poor Ethan. <laughs> Man. Yeah. But it, well. I mean, it helped me at the same time. But that's the only interesting part I found about that game because it was such a boring game. Races are going to be that way once in a while. Once in a while you have somebody that's got everybody's number. You know, but I guess it depends on I guess it depends on who it is. Because people still rave about the time Martin Truex completely killed everybody in the Coca-Cola 600 that year. You know, we still talk about that. The most dominating race probably in the history of the Coca-Cola 600. Right, except for like Ned Jarrett winning by like 14 laps or whatever that was back at way yeah. back in the day. Yeah. But I mean, the modern era, like Martin Truex completely killed the whole field. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And we still talk about that. And it's talked about lovingly. Like, you remember when he did that? What a performance. But you get somebody that takes off and kind of dominates the road course a little bit, but it ain't the guy you want to do that with. You know, it, it you kind of get that well, this race is boring. We need to, we need cautions. We need to bring cautions back. I feel like a lot of fans did that. And what's that word you use to describe rules in NASCAR? That the, the word that they need to think about before they go making changes and all that? Um let me see. Consistency. Consistency. I was wondering if that was a shoot or not. Consistency. I mean, (laughs) honestly, if you had the phonetically
1: consistently, consistently,
0: consistency, you had it right Uh, the
1: first time.
0: (laughs) Consistency. Yes. Yes. I mean, we went all year long without the cautions at the road courses. Yeah. stage breaks. And what do they do during the playoffs, of all things? Oh, they They change the rule. I mean, Oof. at the most important time of the year, they change it. I mean, the road was uh, not a cutoff race, is it? Uh, that's a
1: really good... Let me feel like actually, it is. Let me take a look here. I feel like it is. So it goes Bristol is a cutoff. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. It yeah. isn't cut off. It's I thought it was.
0: Day. I thought it was. So we oh, got my. Bristol, Texas, Talladega, Roval. Yep. Vegas, Homestead, Martinsville, Phoenix. So I'm going to miss most of the Texas race in, in a couple of weeks because I'm going to be on the ocean.
1: Mechie hole.
0: Not yet. That's on Monday. But I'll be on the way there. I'll be in international waters. Yes. So... Like that week after Texas, we'll, I'll be back on Thursday. We'll probably do the podcast Thursday night. Okay. Um, and I'll probably get it up Friday morning. That'd be a busy day. But I'll probably be doing a lot of YouTube in that uh, <laughs> Texas race because I'm not. I'm not even gonna promise I'm gonna be very coherent when that yeah. race is happening. I mean, I will be over the water. We got we got the cheers package. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, you only turned forty eight once. Anyway, Bristol this weekend. Yes. What do you think about Bristol? Bristol is one of my
1: absolute favorites. Um, You're going to see kind of the same thing that you did at at Darlington and Kansas a little bit. You're going to see a lot of people up against the wall trying to get as much grip as you possibly can. Uh I don't know if PGA one is going to be a a factor. If so, that's going to be on the bottom. So it's going to be a multi-grooved racetrack. You're going to see a lot of comers and goers. You're going to see a lot of uh lap traffic clogging up the the front leaders. Uh, I don't know what words are fun. Um (laughs) it's going to be like kind of like a like a funnel almost, you know. Um obviously we saw a lot of What? A, did I mess it up?
0: Look, somebody go back through, listen to this show, and read between the lines and get all the out of context stuff that we're saying. This is a heck of a show for out of context. Um, did I pick oh, apart lines I, and stuff? Oh I, my so. gosh. Anyway, yeah. Uh, do are you one of the people that are the opinion of when they they kind of reconfigured uh, the track a little bit, maybe about? 15 years ago now that they ruined Bristol? Uh, no, I'm not either. No, I'm not. I... Either, because I looked at the JC stats right before. Okay. Like Bristol used to be, uh, an asphalt high bank track and they would, sl- they would, they would slide all the way up to the wall and, and all that, you know, but then they put concrete on it. And I think 90, 91 or 92, they put concrete down on it. And, that made that track one groove. It was it was the, a bottom conveyor belt. That's all it was. It was the whole track would be completely covered with cars and everybody would be running one line on the bottom. The only way you could pass somebody is to knock them out of the way. This that configuration made Earnhardt absolutely famous because that's all he did all race long. which just knock everybody out of the way. Uh famously '95, '99 you know, races like that. And, uh, Jeff Gordon picked up the slack on that too, because he was doing the same things. I know he did that to Rusty twice, but then I think about 05, 06, somewhere in there. I'm not sure exactly when they did some grinding on the track and they put progressive banking in it to where it was more banked up top, a little flatter on the bottom that gave it multiple grooves. And I was looking at the passing stats when that came, when that happened on Jasky, and in the race previous, before that, there was like so many passes throughout the whole race. I don't, I don't remember the numbers, but the new configuration, there was, I think triple that through the whole race. So success, right? More yeah. racing. It's a racier track, more racing. So people are happy, right? Yeah. No, no, no. People aren't happy because they didn't wreck each other. They didn't have to. Yeah. All of a sudden the wait list is gone at Bristol. Now I can go, I could just drive up Sunday or Saturday night and get a ticket if I want to. Yeah. The wait list is complete. There used to be like a five to 10 year wait list to get to Bristol. And that is not an exaggeration because my grandmother tried back in the day. There yeah. used to be that and every seat would be completely full, but they, they reconfigured it to where they really didn't need to knock each other out of the way and wreck all the time. They could actually race each other and never touch each other. And people start hating the track. Yeah. it It's the same, the same reason why people didn't like the tandem racing at the restricted place. It's the same reason why that all of a sudden they weren't racing in big packs. So they weren't having these massive 25, 30 car pileups. You know, any wrecks they had were like these one or two car crashes. Most of the time it was just a spin, a harmless spin off to the inside and they get going again and just join the, the pack. So people hated that. So after about two and a half, three years of that, they got rid of that and made it illegal and all that kind of stuff and mess with the bumpers where they wouldn't line up. It's the same kind of thing at Bristol. Yeah. That's why there's no wait list right now. Because Fans want wrecks. Unfortunately, that's just how how it is. A lot of the times, I personally think they improved the track and made it so much more interesting. It's so much more interesting to me when there's more than one place to go around the track and go fast. Yeah, driving working. it, driving it, watching it, whatever. It that's why Kansas is interesting. That's why Fontana was interesting earlier this year. Yeah. That's there's so many of them like that. But then you go some places, and there's not that. And the only way you can get around somebody is to wreck them. Some people love it. Like, like Martinsville is that way. Yeah. You know, the only re- only way, and it, with this car, it's even worse. But the only way you can get around somebody at Martinsville is to knock them out of the way. Right. And there's there's something to that because you're not really wrecking a field at places like Martinsville. So there's something to liking the really aggressive style of racing But at the same time, when you got Bristol and you could actually stretch people out high, low, in the middle, and you can run three wide around the racetrack at Bristol. What an incredible job they did. Making that place better. Yeah. And I've never been in that camp of they ruined the track. I just I was curious if you were or not.
1: No, I I love the racetrack. I absolutely 100% love what they've done with it. Just everything about Bristol, I absolutely love the multi grooved. I do kind of miss the old Bristol, just because I, I don't remember. I remember Dale Earnhardt Jr. You know, kind of dominating there for a little while. I remember Kurt Busch, but I mean, I don't have like it doesn't stand out to me. I guess like I well no, I should say a better way of saying as Apollo is joining the podcast here, as you hear his little pause on the wood wood floor um i guess i didn't i didn't appreciate what i had before i realized it was gone with the old bristol uh that nothing wrong with the new bristol i like bristol it's one of my favorites and not i mean of course when it's not covered in dirt that's when it's my favorite
0: when it's i'm the opposite i at right now i liked it better as a dirt track just because really I like the racing, the, it, it was, it's still one of the best races of the year. Oh, if, wow. If they have a race halfway as entertaining as that dirt race, honestly, I'll be surprised because that dirt race was, it's my favorite race of the year so far. And i I feel like the only reason why you, you know, not you in general, but anybody. Yeah. wouldn't put it in their top three or top five races of the entire year you're just biased against bristol dirt
1: yeah and you know not to get on a tangent with that but like i want to see Cup cars dirt racing i think that's really interesting i think that's really a cool concept but maybe something other than you know i don't even care if you want to go put dirt on richmond i don't care it's just like for some reason just the bristol racetrack on dirt just doesn't it doesn't do it for me, uh, but obviously this past year, uh, uh, earlier this season, it was a fantastic race. I mean, yeah. I was
0: blown away by it. Three years now, the first race was kind of a bit of a mess. The second race got better, and then this year, was they perfected it. Yes, absolutely. Even like NASCAR and the way they called the race, I feel like they perfected it. Yes, Just because there was a point there where they were like spin, okay, whatever, but keep going. Spin, okay, it w- doesn't matter. Keep going. No more cautions. You know, they just they stopped throwing cautions for like like 50 laps. Right. And it was it was so much fun. It was like you couldn't stop watching. Like, right. oh, look at McDowell. He spun out, there a 360. Didn't touch nobody. He didn't lose two spots. Let's go. <laughs> you know. It's just yeah. it was so much. he did that twice. <laughs> right in the middle of the field. Didn't touch anybody. Um who do you think give me uh give me like three drivers off the top of your head and we'll go ahead and get out of here. Uh three drivers off the top of your head that you think we need to be watching this weekend.
1: Ooh, okay. Uh I'm gonna say Kyle Bush, Kevin Harvick, and Eric
0: Jones. See, and I would go uh the, the I would go RFK because I mean Busher just did win the race last year. And Keselowski is still, he's hes right there with them right now. They're, they're solidly top five cars consistently right now. Yeah. And Harvick's a good one. If I was going to pick somebody else, I guess I would look at uh, probably Byron. Yeah, Byron's because a good one. Because he's consistent and he tends to end up near the front towards the end of these things. So if I was just having to pick different people than you, I think that would be the three I would look at. And yeah. I've got two of those in mind of the six that we picked. I got two of those in mind for my personal pick in the fantasy So, Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know why I didn't go with my pick
1: because I'm picking Chris Buescher. <laughs> but yeah, I hope Chris Buescher goes back to back, runs it back at Bristol, and hopefully I can break the longest losing streak in in the marbles, fantasy cup history, which is
0: me. Are you sure? Yeah. Because I won the Daytona 500 last year, and I didn't win until the next year.
1: Oh, my goodness. You're
0: right. Remember, I picked Byron to win, and I won the Joey Logano card. That was wow. the last prize I won. That was like race three or four.
1: Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, that's totally, totally true. That's a yeah. long time.
0: Yeah, you might have the longest losing streak this year oh i do but i think in total i think i probably got that (laughs) Jeez, yeah i totally didn't even think about last season but yeah i got like 38 or 39 races something something like that i didn't look it up but uh anyway when you get out here dude we're getting about a hour and 10 hour and 15 minutes something like that so yeah one
1: thing about bristol it Mm -hmm. uh for all the fantasy cup listener a little bit of listeners right now hopefully you all listen if you're in the fantasy cup uh the race is on saturday night so i will post it on thursday like always but just remember i need picks in by saturday night is this weekend
0: going to be a prize race
1: it is uh, we're going back to the the Darlington-Tony Stewart 164 scale. Okay. Trying to get rid of that. Hopefully somebody can can win that one. That's a, I mean, I love that car, so if nobody wins it, I might just keep it in my collection. <laughs> I don't know.
0: All right. Sounds good. Um, well, we're going to get out of here. Let's go over the uh, fully. Oh, Lord, I just started reading without any context. Uh, let's get out of here. Let's get to the uh, podcast drafting partners real quick. The Fully puzzled Wrestling Figure Podcast and uh, side project with Scott, the Drunk Wrestling History Podcast, uh, doing the favor that Eric and Barry can listen to the back catalog, or you can catch them on Three brews every single week. Uh, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast, um, new shows pretty regularly. I don't. He's got just about where they doing weekly now, if not weekly. Um, Howling with the Wolf with Jason Wolf and his chop shop is kind of like, uh, it might be going, it might not be going, but you can always hit him up for some customs or, uh, some artwork as well. Uh, I try to retweet his stuff whenever I see it. Sometimes I don't always see it right away, but you know, eventually I do see it and I'll try to retweet his stuff from his personal Twitter account. Anyway, the, the chop shop account is kind of locked. You have to be like, uh, you have to have him follow you to, see that so i don't tend to retweet that stuff anyway but um magic and the mouse has now turned into the anyone can cook podcast i've noticed that their name has changed and you can also see their youtube channel where they recreate uh disney world recipes that's anyone can cook and uh who you got Ethan? i'm telling you right now man I think that's a golden opportunity.
1: Maybe you maybe you and Nicole can jump in there and say, hey, let's not let let's not let the magic die. Right? Let's let's I think you guys should do a Disney podcast. I think that would be really fantastic. But, I
0: could have I honestly I could have talked about an hour of all the Disney. What in the world are you doing down there? <laughs> I, I didn't step on you, I promise. Um, I could probably. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know what he did. <laughs> he made a noise. Oh, wait,
1: that was that was Mac. That was Mac. That was Mac Daddy.
0: Oh, he's playing with that new toy. <laughs> I think he's aggravated about it because it's it's supposed to be indestructible. We'll see. He'll put that to the test.
1: Oh, I thought that was Skyler it, walking in or something.
0: No, I'm oh. I'm alone. The kids are at uh the grandparents' house, and my wife's at work. I'm by myself tonight. Oh, that's um, fantastic. Yeah, that was Mac. Um. Disney made a whole bunch of announcements this weekend with the D23 show that they had uh, involving parks, the different parks around the world. And I swear I could talk about an hour on some of the stuff, good and bad, because some of my favorite stuff is going away, being replaced by new IP. So not very uh, happy about some of it, but like like you said, maybe we should do that because I literally could talk an hour about all the stuff that went down this weekend with Disney.
1: Yeah, there's I, there has to be some sort of partnership there, you know, uh, something. I think you guys can work something out. But I have breaking news, Breaker and Bain's Power Hour. It's not dead yet. It's not over yet. They're coming back probably in a week or so. Has a new format. Has a new feeling. I'm really excited about it. And you should be too. So go check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Of course, go listen to the archives. You know it's fake, right? Saturday Morning Rumble Wheel with Brian Breaker and Daniel Cross. TB Toycast with Brian Breaker and Jeff Toon. Filling in for Travis Fowler for the time being. Uh, it's on sabbatical, but maybe not for much longer. New, no, new, new Holes barred. No Holes barred with Bill Benis. The Benis. <laughs> Anyways. Repping it up with Brian Hebner. Go check that one out as well. You heard the commercial earlier. Go check out Tales from the Estate with Drew and Caitlin with cameos from Rocco and Cole. Uh, Absolutely adore that uh, racetrack. (laughs) Oh my god, man. I am so tired. (laughs) I I love that racetrack. Um, (laughs) I love that show. Uh, Just like Tales from the Estate, you also heard pulling up a chair with our friend Tim at a chair shots commercial as well. uh, As... (laughs) I got to get a better read, bro. Uh, Three Brews podcast with Ryan, Tyler, and AJ. Go check out that podcast as well. One of my all-time favorites. And that's all I got.
0: Uh, Did you do stolen gimmicks? Oh, shoot. Stolen Gimmicks podcast. uh, Ah,
1: Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling
0: (laughs) podcast
1: with Joe and Jordan. Go check out them. I need to just rewrite all of this because I have it all mixed up and it's confusing. Uh, But yeah, Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling podcast with Joe and Jordan. Cannot forget them. Awesome, awesome uh, podcast. I don't know. I feel like Joe's pretty rough. On Jordan sometimes you know I'm like golly man Uh, but nevertheless super fun listening to them talk about uh, pro wrestling so go check them out.
0: Drew has also been doing uh, reviews on Twitter. Drew's reviews Um, he did one today of the new coat that came out I saw it I liked it I retweeted I didn't watch it because I want to find it for myself and get my own personal opinion on it first can I tell you? Um, no, I oh. don't want an opinion on it until I get to try it. Then I watch and see what other people's opinions are. Right? Can I just? Can I just tell you anyway? No, big... that new Fanta he tried though. <laughs> yeah, that is nasty. Oh, is it? It is. Yeah, that uh, that what the Fanta is what it's called. The they did that last time. It was a blue one. This one is black. Yeah. Somebody said it was. I saw somebody say it was blackberry. I don't. It tastes it tasted awful. I mean, and I'm usually good about going back and getting the weird different flavors like that. Like I've just about liked every single one of the, the, the Coke, uh, what do you call them? What do they call them right now that they're doing all the different flavors they are doing creations. I don't know if that's what they, they're calling them or not, but they've had like uh, three or four of them now. And I've liked them all pretty good. Some more than others. I didn't like the latest one as much as some of the other ones, the the one with the gold and black label. But that Fanta, I do not ever recommend anybody buying that Fanta. Just leave it alone. Let it go out of date on the shelves. Because it's, it's awful. It really is awful. It's like Blackberry cough syrup. And I said something else on Twitter. I can't remember what I said, but it's nasty. I don't, anyway. Thanks. Coming from a soda guy. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening to this week's show. Please rate and review and follow us on all the social media accounts, X and Instagram at in the marbles pod. And you can also find us on Facebook. You can email the show at in the marbles pod at gmail.com. Check out watermaneuver.net search, uh, our store in the, uh, top left tab. You can search by store, scroll down into in marbles. you can find our t-shirts there. And you can also go to skinnymixes.com, Use code marbles at checkout for 10% off your first order. And we we'll we get out of here, you got anything you want to add? I just want to say happy
1: birthday to my nephew. His birthday is tomorrow. Cool. he's turning nine. I don't know how I feel about this, but I got him. You want to know what I got him for his birthday? Well, it, this, this show will be up after that. So sure, go ahead. His first ever WWE action figure. This <laughs> is a basic uh, John Cena one with the, the painted on T-shirt and stuff. He's not super oh, yeah, yeah but uh my sister said that he's really getting more and more interested in wwe so that's very exciting for me uh his dad is very much into ufc so it's kind of a perfect harmonized song now with ufc and wwe but yeah i saw that today yeah so (laughs) other than that as always
0: peace love and all the above and we'll see you next time in the marvels